Greetings, Flesh Wound Horror Freaks, and welcome to Flesh Wound Horror Live. I am Dan, I am Flesh Wound Dan, joined by producer Todd. Uh, good evening. And our special guest of the evening, writer-director Anthony Clark Pierce. Anthony, how are you doing? Great, guys. How are you doing? Doing well, doing yeah. well. So, Anthony's film that he's here to talk about tonight is Finger Lakes Grindhouse Presents Till Death Do Us Part. Uh, available Woo! on Yes, available on Makeflix now. We just watched it, or I just watched it last night. I think, Todd, you watched it a little week ago, a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I, wa- I watched it again today, actually. <laughs> did you? You've seen it more yeah. than once. You must, yeah. Did you enjoy it? Did you like it? I did. Good deal. That's what I love to hear, man. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so tell us a little bit about the, the movie. Uh, we're, we'll, there's a lot to talk about. I'm actually very curious to ask you some different things. But tell us, how did this come about? I, well, uh, I don't even, I, man, it's a long story. Um, I always wanted to make a feature film. I was a big horror fan growing up. Um, and this whole movie is an homage to the movies that I loved growing up as a kid. It's definitely like a, a, a throwback. I All of the effects are all practical. I made it as if it was you know, 1982, 1983, you know what I mean? Like it's, I, I don't know, man. It's, uh, ask me a question. Can you just get me going here? I'm a real quick since you brought up some of the stuff. Uh, so I'm guessing that means rad was one of your favorite films. What's that? I'm guessing that means rad was one of your favorite films growing up. <laughs> not, not really. That, that skate park scene, right? That's, yeah. is that what you, <laughs> should that even be in the movie? Who knows? But I had a buddy who was a professional BMX rider. That whole scene was supposed to originally take place in the, in the strip club. Um, but the guy who plays the DJ was a professional BMX rider and he was just out, you know, on the half pipe one day. And I was like, fuck shooting this in the bar, man. Let's shoot it at the skate park. And that's kind of how that whole scene ended up in the movie. I just thought it had, you know, a little bit more interesting to watch than, you know, two people sitting in the bar. We could have this guy doing flips in the background on his bike. Scott Twyford is his name, actually. You can look him up. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. You mentioned the practical effects. I did want to compliment you on that. There are some fantastic looking zombies if you're fans thank you i did all of that uh, myself all those effects were all done by me from the sculptures to the run well my wife at the time helped me run the foam and i and i had a couple assistants but for the most part that was all all me oh that's awesome for movie special effects it's the art institute of pittsburgh back in 92 93 okay and then while i was in college jurassic park came out and um, everything kind of went digital at that point. And then one of my professors when I was graduating pulled me aside and said, you know, Hollywood's kind of going digital. You might want to think about um, either Vegas or Orlando or New York City with the theme parks and all the stage performances because they're always going to use, you know, tangible, practical effects. So I ended up out in Orlando doing scenic work and sets and costumes for the theme parks out there for 10, 15 years um, before I actually opened up my own sign shop. And that's how I got the skill set to do all of the sets and costumes and stuff for the movie. Uh, it really shows. Uh, I was telling a friend the other day, I was like, it was a big return of the living dead fan. I was like, 
way do you see the zombies in this? It, it's it's tough sometimes when you're watching these old school zombie flicks, but then you're seeing computer blood spraying everywhere. Right? I I, I know. I, I hear you on that. It's tough, right? Nope. That was all all fake blood. A lot of fake blood, man. It was everywhere. But we the house we gutted the house that I was staying in at the time. Like our living room, that that strip club from the movie, that was our living room. You know, for two years we built the set, so we were basically filming at night and on the weekends. So that gave me the like we could we could be filming and then everybody could just stop. You know what I mean? And I could walk away, leave the lights and everything right where it was, and then pick up the next day or the following weekend right where we left off without without missing a beat. So that. It made it, you know, handy in that capacity. The the manager's office, you know, where a lot of the movie takes place was the spare bedroom upstairs. Um, so that was another situation where I could go in there, I could get in makeup and I would just, you know, lock myself in that room and film and film and film with me and the puppet. Um, you know what I mean? And I would just sleep in costume and get up the next day and just, <laughs> just grinding it out and grinding it out. It was... It was a lot, man. It took about three years from the time I was like, I think I want to make a movie. And I went and bought a stack of index cards and was like, you know, I want a zombie in it. You know, it started to the time we had the premiere at the drive-in. It took about three, three and a half years. To go was that the... to write it? You know what, what I mean? And, and while I was writing it, I was building the sets and all the puppets and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, I had to get an editing bay and go get camera equipment and film everything. And I didn't know how to edit film when I first started. So there was a learning couple learning curves with that kind of stuff. Yeah, but we got it done, man. Finally got it finished. Did did anybody try and use the bathroom? (laughs) Well, you guys (laughs) at that point, I can imagine that was a bit of a shock. (laughs) The bathroom in what regards? Uh, it was the overflowing toilet at one point. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that was all just spray foam in a bucket. It was all, yeah, it's all fake. Okay. Yeah. You mentioned you that. Smelly. <laughs> it's smelly in that room. You mentioned the drive-in, and, and Esteban Rivera in the chat brought up the, was it the Mohang? Or the, how do you Mahoning. Mahoning, yeah. We did, so... We, we premiered it at the Finger Lakes Drive-In in Auburn, New York. But I okay. took it down to the Mahoning Drive-In. Joe Bob Riggs had a uh, jamboree there like two mm-hmm. years ago. And the movie wasn't quite finished. But I, I took it down there and I just set up like a booth. And I was I was showing like free screenings of where the movie was at that point just to get feedback and stuff and try to gain awareness for the movie. And I gave a copy of the unfinished version to Joe Bob Riggs to kind of, you know, get get him on the radar i've given him the movie about i don't know five times now at this point he has yet to get back to me on it i think he throws him out on the way on the way back after the show i don't know every time i go up to him like here he doesn't he doesn't remember me so i don't know whatever well yeah esteban was there he said he got to see a clip and the comedy was very tangible and it all made sense yeah yeah he actually has a question. This might be, I don't know if this is going to be a longer one. Dan, you want to read that for us? Uh, was there anything that you learned while making the film, whether it be scene prep, makeup, or working with performers? What did I learn? Oh, my God. I learned I learned every single facet of filmmaking that wasn't the effects part. I learned how to edit. I learned how to storyboard. I learned how to write a script. I learned how to direct people. I learned camera angles. I learned lighting. I This whole thing was just, this was this is me in film school. You know what I mean? Like it was literally, yeah, every, I learned everything. I, 
I, and now I'm learning marketing. Now I'm in, you know, marketing 101. What do you do with a movie once it's finished? You know, you got to do podcasts, go to monster conventions, get it in film festivals. We were at the American film market two weeks ago, trying to get distribution deals. Um, you know, the, the whole, what do you do with a movie when it's finished? Making a movie is hard. What you do with a movie after it's finished is even harder. It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a lot, man. Making movies is a lot of work. Absolutely. I, I, I'd suggest merchandise too. You can sell. I've got, if you go on the website, there's a whole, I have a whole online store of, of merch and shirts and DVDs and like the, the mug warts. I don't know if you watch the credits all the way to the end and there's like a little mug warts skit. I've got, you know, we can, you can buy the little mug warts at the shows and yeah, I definitely have, have a merch booth that I take to the, to the conventions and stuff with me. So don't forget the Pussy Juicer 2000. The Pussy Juicer 2000. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody loves it. No cats were hurting. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how I did it. Every once in a while, somebody will be able to see through. They're like, I know how you did that. But I, I never I never tell anybody how that trick was done. <laughs> That's do you good. have any? Do you have any plans to like make pond scum one of the the trailers? That's the one that here? everybody wants to see, and I have a rough outline for a pond scum movie. I'm okay, so yeah. Eventually, I'm not done figuring out what to do with the movie after it's finished. Once I feel confident that if I make another movie, I can turn a profit on it. I'll be gung-ho to start the next one, but I'm still not quite there yet. I don't, I, I, I funded this movie myself. It cost about $30,000 um, mm-hmm. by the time it was all said and done. And uh, it hasn't made its money back yet. You know what I mean? So oh, once yeah. I figure out and I'm confident that, you know, then I'll be able, I'll be, I'll be ready to jump in to another one. And that seems to be the one everybody wants to see, man. Everybody wants to see that pond scum. Um <laughs> In a, in a finished 90 minute form yeah and i think it would be good like i said i got a rough outline for it it's just a matter of of you know being ready to to take it on because i want to use somebody else's money next time i don't want to play with my <laughs> own so then if i take somebody else's money i gotta i gotta be able to repay the investors and once i'm i feel confident enough to be able to redo that to do, you know then i'll i'll start going in that direction yeah absolutely it, it I, I would love kind of an old school Slith as Creature from the Black Lagoon movie. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. That was a guy named Rich Hill came up with the original concept for that pond scum idea. When I was first like, I think I want to make a low budget monster movie. He's like, I got an idea for you. He was like, you can use it. Just give me credit. You know, give me the credit for whatever. So here, Rich, you're getting your credit. Um, so he gave me the idea and the title and then I kind of, you know, redid it. And Anyway, yeah. So that's Eventually, hopefully, we'll get to we'll get to pond scum. But if we do do pond scum, I would like to uh, I want to redo the costume so the costume's a little bit more you know elaborate. And then if I do that, I'll recut the trailer and then I'll drop the new trailer in front of any any future versions of Till Death Do Us Part that come out. Any you know future DVDs or you get what I mean. Yeah. I'll constantly be upgrading it like George Lucas over the years. <laughs> I'll be adding digital blinks to the zombies. And <laughs> That's you know the cut I mean. we're waiting for. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, how how was it uh, shooting with the dancers and the zombie makeup with the dancers and that? The dancers. That so the dancers. I mean, everybody in the movie was my, was my fr- you know friends of mine or whatever. And like I said, the. Um, the strip club was, was literally our living room 
So mm-hmm. when we, you know, when you first started, if you've got a strip club in your living room and you have your friends over and you go get a case of beer, you know, get everybody to sign the waivers. It's not long before everybody's <laughs> playing on the pole. You get what I mean? And if you, and if you watch it, the, the, the nudity, like I would go in and I would, I would film the girl on the pole. And then once I got her shots, I would, you know, put on your robe, bring in the guys, get all the, you know, shoot all the cutaways. And then just really quick, you know, I, a lot of times it would be, they would be dancing on their boyfriends. You know what I mean? So I kept the nudity as on as, you know, not awkward as, you know, and whatever on the level as I could, you know, with as much nudity as there was in it, you know, I tried Mm -hmm. to make it as unawkward as I possibly could, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, no, it, it was interesting. There's about a handful of like zombie stripper movies, and I I wouldn't have guessed that was your living room. So I think you did a pretty. Yeah. Good. Thank <laughs> you, thank you. Yeah, and then we were able to film in a real bar, like you saw, but I wasn't allowed to spray any blood around in the bar. So that's why you didn't. There was no you know death scenes in the actual bar area. Everything was limited to the manager's office or the actual VIP room itself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, you did a great job. Well, we, thank uh, you very much. I've actually shot in bars too, and it's been complicated because they don't want you to <laughs> say the least, right? <laughs> yeah, we had to reshoot an entire day because we didn't factor in the refrigerator refrigeration noise. The you're talking about from yeah, the- killed our entire day, so I had to learn. <laughs> learn by. I feel your pain day. on that, man. <laughs> Just hearing that, like, oh. yeah, I can see how that happened. All right. Um, Esteban asks, Dan, do you want to read that one for me? Uh, will the film be shown in the Film Noir Theater, Museum of Moving Images, or through Troma, uh, or perhaps back at the drive-in in Pennsylvania? It's available on Troma now. So so Troma picked it up, and it's on Troma's um, streaming service. Um, getting it in theaters is kind of a it's kind of a weird hustle, man, because, okay, so you put it in a theater – you got to, you got to rent the theater. You know what I mean? So you're 500 in 600 in on, on the theater rental. Then you've got to, you know, you got to advertise it. You got to take out radio spots. Da, 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 da. By the time it's all said and done, you're lucky if you break even on a, on a theatrical run, because it's, it's not like I have, you know, nobody's paying for this, but me. So I've got to be smart about the way that I spend my money. So that's why I don't really, pers- theaters are fun but it's it's i don't know from a from a monetary standpoint it's not the best the the non-exclusive 50 50 splits on the on on various platforms from what i can tell are the best way to go you get what i mean you get it on Mm -hmm. you get it you know you get it on five or six different different platforms each one of those platforms is giving you a check every month everything's non-exclusive 50 50 and it's just it's just clean that way you get what i mean that's i was curious about how it worked with trauma because i know in the video days, everything was exclusive. So, okay, so here's here's the deal with Troma. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen a dime from Troma, and I kind of I had been warned by other people, and I knew going into it that I, I wasn't really. It was more about me, you know, being on the Troma street. That was more of an ego thing because I'm, oh, I'm a that. fan of Troma, and now I'm on their streaming site. And actually, if you go on to Troma, like I'm right next to Frankenhooker and the little, <laughs> you know what I mean, kind of validating. So I, I was kind of overlooking the fact that, you know, if they don't ever pay me, so what? At least I'm on Troma streaming service. I do I do well on the make flicks. And then just through um, my the Finger Lakes Grindhouse site gets a lot of downloads. And 
you know, it's I give it, you know, I, I, I hand the movie out for free a lot too. It's, it's not really about the money anymore. You know what I mean? It's more about getting it out and letting people see yeah. it. Um, have you thought about trying to get it on Tubi? I know that's one everyone hits now. So here's the deal with, with each platform, each platform has its own like set of rules and list of demands notes. Right. You know what I mean? In order to be on this platform, we need you to, you know, Maybe they don't like the pussy juicer commercial. You know what I mean? Maybe it's got too much nudity. So you got to, it's almost like you got to almost recut the movie every time for each, for each platform. Right. And recutting the movies, you know, it's, it's a lot of work, you know what I mean? And then you just, so I'm, I'm working on it. You know what I mean? It's, it's a process. Cause I own a sign shop that I, I don't just make movies, you know, nine to five, I make signs for a living. So I'm doing this at night and on my spare time and in the weekend, it's just trying, just trying to figure it all out. You know what I mean? Yeah. How is is autobiographical? Like I am like everything that happened in that movie, like is true right up until the zombies. I am a recovering alcoholic. Me Mm -hmm. and my wife did split up because of those reasons. The woman in the, in the movie really was my wife at the time. We aren't together anymore because of the reasons that you saw in that movie. Like everything is, is played it's straight, like I said. And the zombies obviously are a metaphor for the antidepressants. And the whole movie is like a metaphor for me killing off the alcoholic version of myself. I've been sober now for almost two years now, and it's because of that movie. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Awesome. Yeah, neat, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to ask you, like, what was it like working with family and friends? How did they sort of relate to the movie? Were they, they were supportive. I, you know, I think, I think some of them after it was done and they saw it all cut together had wished that they had taken it a little more seriously. That makes any sense because, you know, Tony's making a movie in his garage, you know what I mean? Like whatever. Um, Yeah. The next movie, I would like to get real actors and actresses that show up knowing their lines. If that makes, if that makes any sense. No, I've been there. Cause a lot of times I would have to put the two cameras up on each person. And then I'd be standing there holding the, holding cue cards for one person and going around and holding the cue cards for the other one and just kind of feeding them their lines and walking them through, which worked. I mean, I, I made it work, but it, it sure would have been nice if, if people, and half the sometimes it didn't even have a script. You know what I mean? Sometimes I'd be like, somebody would say something, Oh shit, that works. Everybody, you know, take 10. And I would go and I would, you know, rewrite and, Da, 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 da. or somebody wouldn't show up, you know what I mean, for, for the shoot. And then I would have to, but I've got everybody else there. So all of a sudden you've got her on the fly, you know, rewrite the scene and, you know, that kind of stuff. So that was, that was constant, a constant thing that was happening. Just, you know, adapt and whatever, keep moving forward any way you can. Absolutely. I've been there. And um, uh, I'm curious, did you have any like specific uh, inspiration as far as films go that really stuck in your mind while you were making it? Oh, it should be obvious when you watch it. I mean, it's they're all I mean, when you for example, I knew I wanted that that half zombie puppet. Like, obviously, I totally just looked at the designs from Return of the Living Dead and just reversed engineer it. And for my own for my own purposes, the, the creature from the Black Lagoon references. I mean, obviously the beginning of it, the big poster in the background in the in the bedroom. Oh, yeah. Like it's 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 all there. At any time you're like, wow, that reminds me of. It's like, yeah, it should. It's it's pretty heavy handed and it's whatever rip off homage, whatever you want to call it. But it's the uh, breast pus. 
uh, when that was coming out was very effective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. Breast pus. Good stuff, huh? Um, Dan brought up uh, working with family and stuff, and I, I would, I would be doing a disservice if I didn't bring him up because we have a very large XPW fan base. Oh, my cousin Rob. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah he man. pops up. Rob Black is my cousin. <laughs> he he makes uh, wrestling. I make underground monster movies. Crazy family, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> family. Perfect. We love both. So <laughs> <laughs> it's a good cross cross mix, right? Yeah. Um, one thing I did enjoy watching, especially on the second time, watching out for stuff in the background. And I'm sure, like you said, it was uh, it was at your house, like that the Russ Myers up poster. Mm-hmm. There was just a bunch of little stuff in the background on the second viewing. I was like, all right, yeah, 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 just a bunch of cool little things. Rob <laughs> plays himself, like that porn trophy that he holds up is really his, yeah. you know, trophy. <laughs> the poster in the background when he answers the phone is really the movie that he made that got we, in trouble. And we noticed the forced entry post. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was like, oh shit, <laughs> the extreme associates thing on the front yeah. of the desk. Yeah. So you got yeah, then you saw those little references that were in there. So that yeah, that that was cool. Um uh there was an, another thing I, I noticed and I can't remember what in the background. Um oh, sorry, I pulled my notes. Uh oh, the one thing I, I did laugh, I'm just gonna bring up a little bit. I did note. Um when the dude makes it rain after the stripper dies, I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> that one got me. That was totally ad lib. He just kind of did that. I thought that shit was funny as hell too. <laughs> yeah. But I've I've witnessed a couple strippers take that same bump. It's always cringy. Just fold up like an accordion, and it's like, oh wow. <laughs> that was um. That was a weird night to shoot. That wasn't how that whole thing. She was supposed to slide down the pole. I had a blood rig. She was going to hit blood was going to spray out and we just couldn't get it right. I just, it kept looking, the hose would show it wouldn't, the blood wouldn't, it was two hours later. I was just like, fuck it. And I just took the camera and ran it down the pole and spun it and then cut to her with the blood and it worked. It worked when it was all said and done. That was, that was a trickier shot than, than what it, appeared on film took a while to get to that simple little trick to make her fall yeah it worked (laughs) it worked really well uh did you while shooting this what was halloween like for you were you able to sort of incorporate it you make a little halloween what the the holiday just the holiday yeah did you have anybody i don't even do halloween (laughs) every day is halloween it's i don't know you know what i mean i get that i get that I've turned sets into like haunts because I've always been like, oh, might as well. <laughs> yeah. Repurpose. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Um, out of curiosity, the Troma Now versions, I know you, you'd you sent us the director's cut. Is that also the director's cut? I'm trying to, the definitive way to watch it. <laughs> There's like four or five versions of it now. Okay. I don't even know. The one that I, the one that's on Troma, if, if this, if, the one that's on trauma, I believe, during the the sex scene at the end, if 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 the song "Spider Pussy" is playing during the sex scene at the end, that's my favorite version of the movie. That's the one that I want to call my version. Um, okay. <laughs> is that the one that you saw? Can you remember the music? Um, I believe it was. 
Okay, then you've got the you've got my favorite version of it. Yeah. But there's other versions that are floating. So we didn't have the music ready when we showed it at the drive-in when we premiered at the drive-in theater. And the owner of the drive-in was like, dude, nobody from whatever record is going to be the audience. I've got an overall blanket, you know what I mean, license to play music here. He's like, just put whatever the hell you want in it. So that version, the drive-in theater version, has a fantastic soundtrack. Because I could, you know, I put what I got, Rob Zombie in there, Nine Inch, you know, whatever I wanted. Fucking great. Um, so there's a version of that DVD that I handed out to the cast and crew and some of my friends that night just for, you know, thanks for helping with the movie or whatever. That's a fun version, but it's it's also about 15 minutes shorter, like the one with the little zombie half running around the rooms, not in it, but it has a lot more nudity. So there's a there, like I said, there's several versions of it out there. But that that first one from the drive in theater, there's only a hundred. There was only a hundred copies that were made that just kind of got distributed. So if you can get your hands on one of those ones. Check that right. one out. <laughs> More nudity and it's got a really cool soundtrack. I mean, you you've intrigued us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've all got different different covers to them, so you can tell oh. them apart. All yes, right. and uh, for any of you listening, if you do wish to buy the uh, the film, we there's a link to the Makeflix website. It's on Makeflix. Makeflix yeah. has the DVD. If you go to fingerlakesgrindhouse.com, it'll take you to a link, and you can I think you can rent it for like two ninety nine, or you can buy it for nine ninety nine. Um, where else is it available? Makeflix, Vimeo. Troma now. That might be it. I think that might be it. It's Lock for be now. On, yeah. um, it for now. <laughs> for now. Yeah, exactly. I've got a little stack of cards left over from the American film market that I've still got to like, send them a letter and send them the, and start the process thereof. But we'll, we'll get there over time. All right. We, th- we threw the link in the chat. Um, before we let you go, anything else? I know you're, you're still in the early stages of stuff, but anything else you wanted to, to promote while we got you? No, not really. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you guys got to check out the movie and that you, uh, that you enjoyed it. And um, this has been fun being on these shows. So yeah, you guys, how did I, did I see you guys at the, at the show in New Jersey? Is that how I ran into you? Was it the XPW show? You no. Know, okay. This, uh, I, I'm friends with a lot of the guys like uh, Munch. I believe you talked to him. Um, but I think Rob shared your movie a while back, like to promote okay, it. In, okay. In the so you saw it through a, a Rob shared it and then you guys found oh, well, it. Well, no, actually then like I couldn't, I couldn't find your Facebook. And then um, Munch had actually hit me up after the show because you gave him a copy. Okay. And he was like, oh, yeah. I was like, wait, is that the Rob's cousin? Maybe? I was, yeah. I, I was like, yeah, I saw it. I couldn't remember the name or anything. So through that, I reached out and that's how uh, we got here. Because well, I'm in California. You Thank you so much. Yes, I'm glad I did too. I, I'm in California. So I go to the California shows. Okay. So, so I'm in Vegas for the winter. So I'm going to the to the Pomona show oh, okay, the 10th? December 10th. So I'll probably uh-huh. be seeing you in person then here in about a week and a half, two weeks. We'll have a couple other filmmakers there too from uh, Oh fun, really? From uh from Norway. Yeah. From Norway. Yeah, they no made, kidding. Okay. They made Christmas cruelty, just came out on Blu-ray. So yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Fun. Yeah, you guys will have a good time. Yeah, the, the great double feature out there, guys. Christmas cruelty yeah. and this. Okay, uh, maybe we they, should. Maybe we can do a double feature and get it in a movie movie theater somewhere. Yeah. Split the expense; it might be a little more cost yeah. effective. Yes, yes, that's the best uh, way. <laughs> yes, and and uh, for anybody listening to this interview, we did really like this movie. Uh, lots of great laughs. Lots of 
uh, practical effects, nudity. It was just a good time overall. And uh, it, it's rare that you don't get the CG blood now. Because yeah. I know it, it it's, right? No it's, CG blood in that at anywhere. Nope. Yeah. There's no rare. CG anything in it. We did a little green screen and some miniature stuff with that truck, but outside of the that, truck, it's yeah. all in the camera. Everything is right inside of the yeah the lens. Yeah, and I think people will really appreciate it back there out there, guys. Yeah, the last uh, 15 minutes is a puppet show. I mean, literally yeah. the last yeah. 15 <laughs> minutes is, is a is a puppet show. Yeah, yeah. So uh really took me back. We love your movie. We're we hope it continues to grow and uh hopefully oh, well, thank you very much guys I, I love hearing that yeah absolutely absolutely so so guys check that out uh multiple options there get yourself a copy or rent it and uh yeah we'll have you back on anytime guys i would love to absolutely thanks for having me on well thank, thank you for you. coming on rock and roll i'll see you guys in a couple of weeks in pomona exactly. <laughs> the next XBW yeah. show. <laughs> all right dan all right guys i'll talk to you soon all right absolutely thank you. all right all right guys thank you so much for listening and we will see you here for our jack frost double feature commentary good night